Wilds, stories of curiosity, play, and grit. I'm your host, Mindy Reeves. Together, we'll venture into the wilds to discover how creative fire spills out the veins of personality. We want to hear the grit, the dirt, and the messy parts of your creative life. How do you get your insides out? How do you keep finding your path of unbridled creative flow? Lost in the wilds? Even better. We want to know your grit story in the making. No finished products here. Process only, please. Episode number seven, and today we're going into the wilds with Ndidi Kowalsik, chief creative, dream weaver, dream catcher, and slave driver at Hot House Posey. Thank you so much for coming and joining us today. Um, I was able to catch your work at Dorothea Dix Festival a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And we were just so enamored by your jewelry, so creative and different looking. And then she was even more awesome, where she shared a lot of information about how she makes this very unique look in her her jewelry. And um, as a new um, budding creative jewelry maker, I found that really refreshing because some people can be super closed about information and sharing knowledge but um you were very gracious and generous in that so i appreciate it you're welcome <laughs> so welcome to the show thanks and, for having me yeah um so tell us a little bit about what your current creative projects entail maybe your jewelry or if you have something else going on you want to tell the listeners about Wow, uh, jewelry-wise, um, I guess I like to quip that I have the attention span of a gnat, so I'm working on a lot of things right now. Yeah. And um, I was going through a little bit of a creative slump, which you know everybody goes through every now and again, um, sometimes more often than not. But yeah. um, I, I actually just came from taking a three-day workshop on uh, torch-firing enamel, and um, I'm just... It might sound a little hokey, but I mean, new person. <laughs> I'm feeling really re-energized and um, back on the path of sort of creating again. Yeah. And so, uh, a lot of my work is is really fed by color because I I love color and I love texture and. Um, design and it all just comes from everywhere. I don't have any particular influence um, in that mode. Um, my my family hails from Nigeria, and you know Africa is full of color. is about color and colorful people. So there is that that was ingrained as a child, but I don't think I actually really focused on it. Oh, this is going to have this certain bent. It's just the color really energizes me and so um, any way that I can infuse color into my work is is just 
uh, enlivening. So right now I'm just really working on new forms to use as a canvas um, mm -hmm. and trying to hone my skills as an artist. As a, as a metalsmith, I wasn't trained in metalsmithing. I just sort of fell backwards into it and uh, am learning all the time and realizing, you know, the more that the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. Yeah, and, totally. Uh, and, you know, when you want to do something in order to be able to execute it well, you need to go and learn things. Um, but then you yeah. have to sort of stop yourself and say, okay, I need to learn this, but I got to put something on the burner and on the back burner and um, hone what I have already learned so that I can put it into my work. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I really answered your question. I'm just kind of everywhere right that now. That sounds great. It's, it's, <laughs> that's good information. Right? Yeah. So I'm wondering like what you said, that's something I find myself doing is, um, for example, in jewelry, it's just an endless you could go any direction with it, really anything could be jewelry, any yep. uh, medium, you could turn it into wearable art. Um, so do you find yourself getting distracted when maybe you're you're going down this torch enameling path? Are you distracted by all these other techniques you could be learning or how does that work for it, you? <laughs> it's an endless rabbit hole. So the answer yeah. to that is yes, I'm always distracted and um, you know, the. Um, I have found, and some advice that someone had given me a long time ago, is to just keep a sketchbook or some sort of notebook around so that when you feel yourself getting distracted, write it down, sketch it down. You may, I mean, I have more ideas in my head than I will ever live long enough to yeah. create, which is a good problem to have, but it's also, it can also sort of be crippling because if you, you get that point that you're just always trying to one-up yourself, you know, right. I, I start creating something going, what if I did this? Yeah. What if I put this color here instead or this shape here instead of what I'm working on? And then, you know, sort of, um, what is it that a lot of us used to say? Squirrel. Yeah. So I'm just working <laughs> and all of a sudden I'm just not where I was and I, I need to reel myself back in and yeah. say, okay, focus. So, yeah, I find myself going down that rabbit hole of, uh, you know, one idea begets another, begets another, and so on and so on until, yeah. you know, occasionally I'll forget where I was. And yep. you know, the idea that I had originally, there was nothing wrong with it. I just got distracted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. Um, so tell us about Hot House Posey. Is this your personal line or is this a um, studio? It is my personal line. Um, it grew out of. People ask me, well, how did I come up with the name? And it, yeah. it, there, there's no romanticism involved in it at all. It's just, um, I love to garden. I love flowers. Mm -hmm. um, and my husband happens to also be a, a, a garden designer. Mm -hmm. So we both kind of fell into where we are through the back door. We kind of just fell into it. Didn't anticipate being where we are right now. Yeah. And... Uh, I just felt like for a long time that I was creating these beautiful things um, in in shelter, not necessarily in the ground to grow, but they were just being cultivated someplace. So, you know, where is a place that feels like it belongs to me, but sort of speaks to how a flower can grow mm. in in shelter, but not in the ground? 
and you know can grow in a greenhouse but I didn't really want to call my business greenhouse and you know what's another place for that what's another name hothouse and mm -hmm. um, oh okay well hothouse flower I think someone else had that name and what's another name for posy that's sort of catchy uh, for flower posy which is kind of catchy and they was like yeah. oh well there you go hothouse posy and I you know started googling around and nobody else had it I said okay well that's the name of my company but yeah there's nothing really romantic you know I, lo I love hearing stories of the romanticism involved in names that people come up with and and how um you know I know one one designer whose company was is named after uh, a friendship and you know people name their their companies after their favorite pet or you know their favorite aunt or something and yeah. so but I didn't I didn't have that it was just where where do things grow and where's a, a, a yeah. nurturing place where something can grow even if it's not outside in the ground and you know so that's Hot House Posey and that's been the name for I guess about eight or nine years now. Mm -hmm. I think that makes total sense because you are aligning all these beautiful nourishing elements and you're putting them together very carefully like you would in a greenhouse. Um, it's very similar to the name I chose for my bodywork practice, which is Laughing Jade, and it was kind of the idea of giving the plants these elements that are super pure, um, the soil and the light, and being able to control the elements and make something grow vibrantly um, to where it's happy and laughing. So, yeah, I like that concept. I think it's beautiful um so i love your uh description of yourself as having nat like attention span and you have compared yourself to a squirrel i think that's that's great <laughs> and i see that a lot with a lot of different artists that we've been talking to um so i i know that you've said that you became interested in arts at a very young age um so what were you into when you were a kid? What did you create? Wow, well, um, a lot of things. And, and I guess I didn't think of it as creating art at the time. I just liked to get my hands dirty and paint. Um, my parents weren't very artistic people. I mean, my dad was a doodler, mm -hmm. which, you know, I'm a doodler, so I guess I take after him in that sense. Um, and they could appreciate art, but it wasn't something that they saw as a, as a career or something that I should pursue to yeah. make a living. So um, in terms of support, I got that from where, you know, going to school. And um, as early as kindergarten, I was making little coil clay pots in school and painting them. And, you know, I... Actually, I should take that back. My mother was very nurturing in terms of hanging, you know, parents always hanging up uh, paintings and things that their kids draw. Mm. And I drew, I finger painted when I was about four a picture and I called it the angel. And my mother still has that picture hanging in her house. She's, she Aww. framed it and she's taken it to every home she's ever been in. That's sweet. And I thought, okay, well, you know, where <laughs> I thought, you know, I didn't appreciate um, that they appreciated my artistic bent. Um, she did. It was a, that was that was how she 
nurtured it in that this is my daughter's painting it's the angel and it looked like an angel and it was a very wonderful perception from a four-year-old um, perspective of what an angel would be and yeah. um, but it was drowned in color and um, <laughs> you know so I guess I do know where all that comes from that they just was always drawn to color yeah and she framed it and then you know whenever I go visit her it's still, you know it's hanging very prominently in her house so that's those are the things that you know finger painting and um you know at one point i i thought i was going to be a weaver and so i yeah. had all kinds of weavings around and you know i learned early to sort of appreciate my work but not fall in love with it yeah um and i don't know if that makes sense or you know other people may not understand or agree with that but you know, at some point you look at your work and if you hold on to all of the things you ever did, then you don't leave room or make room for all the things that you'll ever do. Right. And so, you know, every few years I'll go look at my work and uh, I'll purge. And it's like, I don't need this anymore. What I needed from it, I got, I'm done. I can throw it away. And then, you know, maybe have one or two things that are really um, pivotal in my growth as someone who's creative but I was always drawing or doodling or sketching and not necessarily good at all of it but it was it was a good way to escape it was a good way to um, just sometimes be in my own head sometimes get out of my own head but that you know there's there's great joy and benefit to letting your kids finger paint <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> and so um so yeah so I, I did a lot that was it finger painting and coil pots and uh eventually you know that opened up to stained glass window making and um you know and none of it has ever been anything that I've done for any great length of time, yeah. but the the amount of time or just even having touched it has been influential one way or the other in, in, yeah. in what I enjoy doing now. Yeah, so. I think the cross-training concept where you're just taking little pieces and now you might not be doing um, coil pots or fiber weaving and stuff, but that I can see those things present in the style of your jewelry making, and I'm sure that that plays into it. Um, yeah, that's really cool. I love how you put it, don't fall in love with what you're doing in the present moment, because if you get down there too far, it's really hard to let it go. Yeah. So, take and, it it's, as- and it's not to say you shouldn't appreciate who you are as an artist or, or you know, be in the moment of it, but if you love every single piece that you've ever made, then you can't... You, you don't leave room for yourself to be able to enjoy the things that those skills have allowed you yeah. and afforded you the, the benefit of learning and experiencing. So, right. and you know, uh, it sounds really sort of um, idealistic. It isn't, I'm not, you know, I'm not by any means saying that I always adhere to that because, yeah. you know, I have, uh, you know, still a drawer full of things that maybe I should no I'm gonna hold on to that for a little bit Mm -hmm. but maybe I'll get rid of it tomorrow but I have to say I do I do stand very um, firm in in, at some point just saying 
it served its purpose right to move on yeah that concept of attachment and um how as an artist when you create a piece of work and you put so many hours and so much of yourself into a thing um it can be easy to get super attached and see it as a part of who you are as opposed to now you've created the separate entity that's how i kind of feel about you know what art has the potential to be is taking that creative energy getting it outside of your body and then it becomes a life of its own and it's not just yours it belongs to the world it belongs to the collective human um spirit i guess um and other people can take from your art something that you never intended so that just shows it was yours it came out of you that doesn't mean you own it (laughs) kind of like having a child you know it's like you know you're putting this thing into the world now it's its own thing (laughs) you know and i say that to my mind all the time it was something that someone had said to me a long time ago that you know when um as we're segueing a little bit uh that you don't when you have a child you're not raising a child you're raising you know you're raising someone to be a meaningful addition to the world yeah and you know with all hopes that they'll become an adult and yes be a reflection of you but not be you yeah um and you know i want my work to be a reflection of me Um, you know i don't have any delusions that when people see my work out there they know oh that's that's in diddy's work yeah but um it isn't completely who i am um that is just a portion of me um there are you know we can put things out in the world and that just sort of raises the um the question and debate about you know people taking your work and making it their own you know i don't want to get into all of that right now but the it's tough to to be able to say okay it's out there mm-hmm. and i've made it and it was something that came from my heart and my head and my hands and i've put it out there and people are going to appreciate it or not appreciate it some yeah. people will appreciate it and want to own it and make it their own <clears throat> some people will appreciate it and want to co-opt it for themselves and right. use it for their own and i i don't have any control over that i just i can control what i do with my work and um you know in that sense if someone decides that they want to make it their own then i guess for me i need to say okay that's not great but let me let that let that be something that pushes me to be even better than i was right when i created that piece that someone else wanted to make their own and um you know if i if i worried a whole lot about that then i probably wouldn't make anything ever yeah and um and that wouldn't that's, that would be a bad thing for me because i i need to make things mm-hmm. i need to create <laughs> and um and it's i didn't realize how much i needed to do that until i started making and creating yeah. and um you know seeing what a two-dimensional drawing could become 
or even a two-dimensional thought can become this three-dimensional thing that uh, first brings me joy and then you know and then someone else sees it and goes oh you know back to what you were saying that someone can you know I see it a lot when I'm at shows and people come into my in my booth and look at my work and um, their interpretation of what I've created is <laughs> not not anywhere near what I thought it was but it's yeah. a valid interpretation yeah and it makes them happy and well first and foremost it makes you happy yeah you know and if it makes you happy enough to make it yours that makes both of us happy yeah but, um then it my it's it's a it's a good feeling you know? yeah i don't know if it's a it's it's you don't always feel that way, but mm-hmm. it is it is ultimately a good feeling to know that um, something that you do that makes you happy also makes other people happy. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm curious about you were a very creative person growing up. Um, I'm curious how you're encouraging your creativity with your ch- children and... Um, I know they're a little different from each other, and it seems like they're different from you, from what you've told me. Um, so, do you see creativity budding in them, and in what ways, and how do you encourage it? Um, you know, I encourage it by encourage it by not um, trying to imprint me on them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the question people ask me: Wouldn't you love it if your kids became Milda Smiths like you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, if they want to, that's great. If that's not what they want to do, well. That's great too. Um, my son is sort of everywhere. He might be a gardener, but he spends a lot of time digging up our front yard and creating little vignettes. Oh, and it's it's actually amazingly intriguing. And I just I I look out and him. We have a a bay window. Yeah. Uh, uh, bay picture window that overlooks our our front yard and uh there is an 80 foot willow tree and you know right smack dab in the center and he has created these little spots that he digs out very meticulously and methodically and then shores up walls with bricks and creates little areas for frogs and toads and lizards and he puts plants in them and it's it's just amazing to watch. Yeah. You know, and I know that a lot of you're letting him dig up your front yard. You know what? <laughs> he's he's expressing himself and he will you know, every week or so, once he gets it to a point that he really is very proud of it, he'll call us out there and <laughs> take us through the tour and show us. I said, you know what? He he's gonna be he's gonna be an architect who engineers amazing cliff dwellings and why not you know, yeah or, or something else but mm-hmm. he's uh he's taken by uh digging and planting and space and the periodic chart right wow. now so the you know the universe is the limit for that for that boy and i'm i'm excited to see where he ends up and what he does with all of this curiosity and just sort of ingenuity that he's he's uh displaying right now my daughter is a budding chef she is Mm. nine and wants to make 
seven course meals for the entire world. And that's nice. It's awesome. <laughs> I, you know what? Once a week, she decides she wants to make dinner, and she has yet to make something that nobody enjoys. So wow, I'm I'm, I'm really excited by that. And uh, where did she know, pick that up from? Or it's just naturally happening. Yes, it is. But also, um, the older of my two brothers is a chef. Oh. And so she's, uh, I think that that sort of genetic thing yeah. is there for her. But we also have always cooked mm-hmm. and we've always let the kids and, you know, we've always let the children uh, help us and participate. And um, I remember one uh, one Thanksgiving, my husband and I, uh, he had let them decide what, what Thanksgiving dinner was. And he, he had been talking to his mom and she, she said, you let them, you let them, decide what Thanksgiving dinner is? Yeah. Well, it's not M&M's. <laughs> they do understand that it has to be a, yeah. a you know, real part, food. Real food. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it was great. cute that she thought, oh, really? Mm-hmm. I said, no, and um, they they picked out what the entree was, what the starch would be, what our vegetable was, they picked the, the dessert, and, you know, so that is, um, that's what they've always known and they mm-hmm. understand where food comes from and mm-hmm. we have a, a pretty decent sized garden so they get to go and pick vegetables out of the garden and and help make dinner that way so she's really taken aback by it and um there were a few relatives who were trying to sort of pigeonhole her and get her things that, you know, this is what a girl should do. Yeah. And, you know, we put the kibosh on that and said, nope. Uh-huh. Is she, you know, she gets science books, she gets all those things because she's a human being and she can learn just as well as her brother can any boy out there. And, you know, for a little bit she thought, I don't really want to know science. What does that have to do with cooking? And I said, young ladies, uh, cooking yeah. is all about science. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> the more you know. And she, when, when, when I said it to her that way, she, she just kind of looked at me and said, oh, I guess you're right. <laughs> you know, there's always a reaction. If you burn toast, that's a chemical reaction. Yeah. You know, uh, there, you're boiling water. You're taking water from its liquid state to which state? What are you taking? It's going, yeah. you know, so it's going to turn to steam, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's chemistry. That's science. So we, we got her rethinking. So yeah. now she's very excited about science. She's very excited about the t- how science and food and cooking go together. And I said, yes, score one for mom and dad. Then, you know, this is, it's it, it's all tied together. Yeah. It all works together. So she's she's that. And she, she also loves to draw and paint and dance and um, you know, and uh, they're separate entities, and then you know, I'm glad they're they get along sometimes, right? <laughs> but it's that whole sibling thing. I mean, I, yeah, I, I know, I, I, I get it. I remember I'm the oldest of four, and mm-hmm. you know, you you fight when you because you can, mm-hmm. and then you make up and you get along, and you know, you're each other's uh, biggest champion. So. Um, it's in uh, sort of encouraging who they are artistically or creatively, however they decide to, 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 uh, manifest that for themselves Mm -hmm. in the future. It's just letting them be and do what they want. You know, I, I kind of look at my growing up, my, my, my father 
was a veterinarian and he had aspirations that all his children would be doctors. Yeah. And all but one, <laughs> or only one ended up being a doctor. And, uh, and I was not that one. But he, you know, I remember <laughs> as a young child, he sat us all down and he actually had a plan for each one of us. Wow. And we just sort of looked at him sort of wide-eyed and, like, really? That's frightening. Oh, that right? <laughs> and none of us pursued pursued his uh, his idea of what our future should be. Yeah. And, you know, he, he actually came to terms with that. He was okay with it. When he realized that his, his oldest wanted to pursue art mm-hmm. and that's what made her happy. I was like, okay, that's fine. So, you know, and and he was my biggest champion. You know, I he knew what I wanted to do that was going to make me happy, and he supported it. You know, for all he was worth to his dying day, and uh, you know, I appreciate that, and I want to be yeah. able to give that gift to my children. That you know, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to be, as long as it makes you happy, as long as it's the thing that breathes life into you and helps you to sustain yourself without the help of other people. And I don't mean that just financially, but to feel like when you get up in the morning, the thing that you do is a positive piece in the universe, Mm -hmm. then then do it. And um, you can't go wrong. And so I, I, I really hope that my children get that now, you know, even yeah. if they don't really get it because, you know, we, we all evolve at our own pace and see things, you know, in hindsight with clarity. Um, but but that's, that that's what we want for them. That's what I want for them, to just be happy and to pursue what, what brings that for them, you know. It isn't always about the money. I mean, that's important, but it isn't always about how much you make, but Mm -hmm. what you make of what you have. Yeah. So. Yeah, defining success by your happiness as opposed to what brings in dollars or whatever other kind of definition other people or society could put on success. And, yeah, it's really about your heart. Are you feeling... Like you are being yourself and being true to that. Right. So, yeah. It's lovely. For sure. And, you know, and I, I, by no means I'm saying that people want to be poor because that <laughs> idea of being an artist who is starving is... Yeah, that's another... That's a, that's a load of nonsense. <laughs> totally. Yep. Yeah, that's a whole another very long discussion. <laughs> right. It's like, I don't want to starve, you know. Yeah. I, I, I want to eat, but I also yeah. want to be happy, so. Yeah, it does feel, though, when you are really living your life from a heart-centered place where you're putting your creativity out there and you're letting, you know, the source flow through your heart and expressing your creativity in an authentic way, it feels like that energy does come back to you in the form of whatever you might need, money or you know, support, friends, people who like your art. Um, so hopefully that all comes back around. Yeah, and I, I think it does. <laughs> I just, you know, I just uh, always, um, I think from the time that they were born, have always wanted them to know that they're loved yeah. and that, 
making mistakes is part of life. That if someone's told you they've never made a mistake, they're not telling you the truth and you should just walk away. Because we all, you know, if you've never made a mistake, you've never had an opportunity to learn. Yeah. I think that we've all had them. And I mean, I'm sure that I've made three or four dozen mistakes since I've been up this morning. So. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's okay. Uh, just the, the key is to not, um, and I'm still learning this, but the key is to not be defined by your mistakes. Yeah. But to let your mistakes help you get to the next place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we're, we're having a, we're having a little bit of debate. My kids are very perfectionistic people. Yeah. And um, and there's 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 a place for that, but you know when they're learning something new, and they're watching me work and they're watching me torch things and you know they both have, uh, they they both have experience using the torch. They both can use a saw frame and 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 cut metal. And if they make a mistake, the world some tragic thing has just happened. And I said no, it's okay. It's like but I messed it up. Mm-hmm. I have a can full of mistakes that I make sure that I show them. Look at that. That's a bunch of mistakes, but I'm still doing it. Hmm. That's I'm so still interesting. Doing it. I don't if I if I stopped if I gave up every time I made a mistake, I would never accomplish anything. Yeah. Right? So just think that for every for every mistake you make or, you know, every five mistakes you make you have one success and that success could be just wildly fantastic or it could just be a little one but you have to be just as happy with the small successes and victories as you are with the large ones because Mm. they all came from somewhere right they all came from somewhere so yeah so I, i i i think a little bit of the don't get so upset that you've made a mistake is coming through but again, they're, yeah, you know, eleven and nine, so who knows? Yeah, that's funny how, as children, they're bringing that perfectionistic thing to light. Because sometimes I feel, I feel like a lot of the times that is handed down by parents who are perfectionistic, and it teaches the kid be perfect, perfectionistic, you know, and that's so limiting. But you are obviously not doing that (laughs) in your life or representing that so I think it's interesting how it can come from both directions and you are being the source of no just let it go sometimes our mistakes are turn into successes sometimes you learn something you never would have had you not made the mistake right so like I I try to keep a couple things that I've made mistakes on or go oh well you know what see look at this piece I made this was not where I was going but isn't it nice so um, Very interesting. <laughs> so just trying to help them see that it's all, yeah. again, it's all connected. Yeah, all and you'll connected. be that. Moms are always the voices inside of our heads, so <laughs> if their mom voice is saying, hey, just make mistakes, it's okay. You know, I, I think that's a pretty good voice. <laughs> it's okay. As long as it's not the shrill voice, like, ah! Yeah. Which, you know, I, I'm sure that I could be. But, um, but anyway, they're... Um, I, I marvel. Like a lot of times I look at them and I'll just say thank you for choosing me. I just, because I, 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 
I think, wow, you could have had any other parent in the world and you have me and uh, I hope I don't mess it up, but I hope you're enjoying yourself because I'm enjoying myself. That so, is so sweet. So, um, they're, they're, you know, it's a, I think anybody who's had kids and enjoys enjoys the journey of it is, you know, you don't remember your life before your kids. I mean, I know I had one, but yeah, um, it's not, those things aren't, in, like, I don't remember them. They're not important. Like, I, I, you know, I remember I went to college, and I remember all the things that I did when I was in school, and I remember my life with their dad before we had them. But, you know, since then, it's just been this really amazing ride and one where um, my life as an artist has changed because, you know, before... Before them, you know, I was actually, I wasn't a metalsmith until after my son was born. And, you know, I did a lot of beating and I was creative and I was crafting, but, you know, you could spend as much time as you wanted doing those things. And you, you know, the only other person that I needed to sort of adjust my crafting time for was my husband. And, mm. you know, we did all kinds of things together anyway, but, you know, with the addition of another person who uh, really doesn't care whether you like to beat or not, but they just like you to feed them and, you know, change their diaper and make sure that you're there to <laughs> hug them. Um, it was a whole other way of thinking about making my art. Mm. And, um, you know, because of my son, I found that I wanted more experiences, more things that made me feel um, alive artistically. And that's not to say that I wasn't feeling alive with him here. I mean, wow, what a gift, right? But uh, it just, if I could have this small person and there were adventures involved in this small person, what other things creatively and artistically could I experience that, um, would even sort of come close to that feeling of having him and being able to bring out other um, creative emotions and creative things from within me. And, uh, you know, it's it's been an evolution and it's been a, a, a little bit of a tug of war trying to make sure that there's enough room for everybody, including time for myself. Yeah. And um, it's always sort of a, a you know, a push me, pull me of, I want to learn these new things creatively, but I also want to learn all these new things about myself as a person who is in charge of the growth and well-being of another person. Mm. And, um, you know, what do I put on the shelf? What do I say, no, this is for me too, that if I put it all, if I put it all away and I and I don't acknowledge that I need to have that, then I can't fully be what, like I, I'm that kind of person that I couldn't put being an artist on the shelf to be mom to my kids and not be resentful of it. Yeah. But then, you know, I don't want to seem like, okay, well, you guys go over in the corner while I 
flame this torching thing over here and ignite my soul. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't know if that makes any sense or mm-hmm. if it's just sort of feeling hokey, but it's it's been an interesting balancing act for me. And, um, and a good one. I mean, I wouldn't change any of the things that got me to this point. And um, I'm finding that my children are actually very accommodating uh, yeah. in, a, in a lot of ways. Uh, up until recently, we were homeschooling. So when I would do shows, it was a, like a family caravan thing. Mm. And uh, we'd all go. And they, that was their, it was their fun outing to be able to go to different cities and, oh, nice. and hang out. And, you know, but my delusion was the older they got, then they would want to be more participative. No, they don't. They just, uh, they're, they're kids. Like, like, yeah. When I was 11, I didn't want to hang out with my mother either. Yeah. <laughs> to go do things and explore and right. find stuff out. So so it's it's been more of a challenge, but then, you know, they, the, they like to hang out with me. They And I love when they do, but then I also, like, okay, I just, you know, I, I need I need just twenty minutes. Yeah, <laughs> I know that's though that's the a length of time that's the longest amount of time that you're going to be able to give me. I just need twenty minutes right. and um, to to get this thought out and to figure something out and then and then yes we can go for a walk or yes I will I will um, listen to uh, uh, a dissertation on Minecraft or. Um, <laughs> you know or 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 whatever it is that that is the the newest obsession so um i guess as you can see my 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 children are very intricately involved in everything that yeah that i think about and do work-wise and um it's fun for me to have them watch me work yeah. You know, uh, my son again. He's not. He's not. So I mean, he knows how to hold a saw, and he can. Uh, he can, torch, fire enamel a little bit, and it's okay. It's sort of a yeah. That's great. My mm-hmm. daughter would if she could sit in the studio with me all day and do things. She would. Um, you know, and mm-hmm. you know, she she'll come up and say, "Mama, do you have a piece of metal? I want to. I want to saw something." <laughs> yes, I do. What is it that you want to saw? Yeah. That's great. Like, well, it's great. Except, you know, I, she, she's not she's not beyond supervision yet. Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, she's she, she thinks she is, but she's not beyond mm-hmm. supervision yet. So I have to actually make sure that I'm, you know, when you want to do this, I need to be watching you. Right. And then she gets like, but I know how. I said, I know, but humor me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> humor the old woman. She just wants to make sure you're safe. Yeah. So. Oh, that's so great. I love. Thank you so much for sharing about your children and a little bit of your parenting process. Yeah. Well. I know. It, I mean, there's no exact formula, but I I like what you've said about um, exposing them to your creative process is gonna allow them to see how important it is to always have that um, avenue for expression, whatever it is. So. Whatever they do. Just being exploratory and curious. And, you know, 
they are that. Yeah. Which, you know, I, I, I want to be able to sort of steal some of that back from Yeah. <laughs> yeah, inspire you know, each and, other. And, you know, and, uh, and, and keep growing my craft and my, um, my curiosity and, and knowing that, you know, as long as you draw breath, there's always a room to learn something mm-hmm. and to um, evolve. And I, I mean, I use this term too, but people say, this is what I want to be when I grow up. I was like, I, I don't ever think I will grow up. I think yeah. that it's just, um, I, I want to be able to acknowledge the kid in me and uh, you know let her keep trying to find her way somewhere mm. you know hopefully it's hopefully it's fun for both of us yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome cool well um i'm gonna go ahead and wrap up this interview uh thank you so much i feel like those were such beautiful genuine insights and Thanks for inviting us into the wilds with you to see where your creative fire comes from and just learn. So um, do you have any events coming up? Any places you might be able to find your um, jewelry or any of your artwork? Well, Maybe a website? Or? Um, I, I am on uh, Instagram and okay. Facebook. Um, Instagram at Hothouse Posey and the same on Facebook. Okay. Uh, I am actually going to be teaching at the Craft Center. Nice. Uh, Torchfire Enamel class at the Craft Center, which I'm very excited is full now. But Where is um, the Craft Center? That, the Craft Center is on NC State's campus. Oh, okay. And so, uh, but I am going to be uh, offering classes soon. So I, I do love to teach. And... Um, it's it's another way to, to get people to uh, find their inner creativity. Yeah, um, I always I, I think that no matter what you do, there's everyone has something that they're 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 creative about or within, and it always makes me sad when someone says I don't have a creative bone in my body. I right. said it's not true. You do. You just have to find it. Yeah. Um. And uh, so I'm doing that, and uh, I will be at the Wide Open Bluegrass Show. Uh, here in Raleigh at uh, the end of September. Great. So I'm, I'm not doing a lot this year, but doing still. It's yeah. getting out there and yeah. and just making new work and getting some new things out there and mm-hmm. feeling, uh, feeling energized. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I can feel that coming from you. Thank so. you. All right. Well, thank you so much, Indidi. And um, you can catch the links to these events and to her Facebook and Instagram page in the blog post on the website. Thanks a lot for listening and see you next time.